0: Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. Hey, let me ask you today, have you ever been to one of those restaurants where um, you, you go in, the waiter comes and he escorts you to your wonderful table, you come sit down and here he comes, he comes back, and he gets your drink order. You do your sweet teas, waters, lemonades, whatever it might be. And he scurries off to the back somewhere. And a little bit later, he comes, and he brings you your drinks. He gives you your straws, forks, napkins, and everything else. And then all of a sudden, he asks you this question, well, what can I get you to eat, right? Right? What can I get you to eat? So you give him what you want. The spouse gives what she wants or he wants. And then all of a sudden he takes this order and he goes back in the back at the kitchen. Now, here's what you do there in the meantime. You're enjoying your appetizers because we live in Camden. It's probably a Mexican food. So it means chips and hot sauce. That, that's, that's what we have here, people. So, man, you're enjoying your chips and hot sauce, man. Just kind of take it in. Good conversation with your spouse, your significant other. And then all of a sudden you look up and here comes through those doors a wonderful man of God. And he's got that little plate, that basket full. You can smell it before he ever comes to the door. And you're thinking, this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for all day long. And here he comes. And then all of a sudden, that sorry, good for nothing walks right past your table. That ever happened? And all of a sudden, he sits down where you're at. He sits down on the table right behind you. And then all of a sudden, you're watching this. Men, let me talk to you for a moment. You're watching all this unfold. And then all of a sudden, you realize you have made the worst mistake in your entire life. This man has unloaded a plate of slap your mama here and another plate of slap your mama there. It looks so good and so delicious. And then all of a sudden, you realize I've made the worst mistake of my entire life. And then you make the worst, worst mistake of your life. You decide to confide in your significant other. Only for her to tell you these remarkable words. She comes and it's it's with, 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 with intensity. She says, well, you didn't order that because you didn't read the menu. You didn't order that because you always come in here and you always get what you've always got. Baptist, am I right? Is that not what we do? So she comes and she tells you all these things. that There's more to the menu. There's more to, to, to be offered. There's a lot of stuff. What they have is on the menu. Here is what I want to propose to you today, Oasis Church. I want you to know that there is more on the menu of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me today? There is more that he has to offer your life. I think we treat church Christianity in our faith like a restaurant. Man, we come in here, we're just going to get what we always got. Hey, let me tell you, if you come in with that attitude and mindset, I want you to hear me. There is more that God wants for you, but he will not move you up until you get ready to move on. Amen. So here's my chat. I'm a little excited about this series. I want you to know that like Billy, we're out the gate and we're already up here. I want you to know, I-, I think one of the biggest problems in the church today is we are okay with status quo. We're okay with just coming in here, getting what we always got like a restaurant, but I'm here to tell you on the menu of Jesus Christ, all church family, he has so much more for you, but you can't get it. You can't move up until you move on. That's why this series of Fruit of the Spirit is so important. Hey, listen to me today. We're fixing to spend the next nine weeks hanging out in the book of Galatians, and and I want you to know that I believe that this series is going to be life-changing for many of you here today. I want to start this morning off with a pop quiz. Some of you are like, man, I didn't even study here before. Let let me ask you this. Just help me with this pop quiz real quick, and then we're going to move on. Um, how many fruits of the spirit are there now Baptists, don't be cheating don't look on the back wall cheaters how many fruit of the spirits are there somebody said nine that's good i see a lot of you you're scared like like the nine nine if you said nine here's what i want you to know with don't be mad at me but unfortunately i don't want to be rude here but you're absolutely wrong absolutely wrong happy sunday for you to come here today if you have your bibles turn with me to galatians chapter 5 some of you like billy we can't be wrong if there is nine we're doing it nine weeks then the number has to be nine galatians chapter five we're going to spend the next nine weeks looking at the letter paul writes to the church of galatia over and over and over again in this book paul talks about the work of the holy spirit and a believer's life the holy spirit listen to me today it instructs our life it guides our life it leads our life it gives us power but that's not all the Holy Spirit does the Holy Spirit also wants to create in you love joy peace and all of these other characteristics we're going to look at here today but listen to me on the other side of the Holy Spirit there's a battle that's taking place it's the battle of the flesh and everything the Holy Spirit wants to grow in you the flesh wants to keep it diminished Galatians chapter 5 are you there I want to start off the top. We're going to spend several weeks here. We're going to look at different topics on different days. But let's read verse 16. If you didn't bring your Bibles, the word's going to be up on the screen. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. So I say, listen to this. Are you listening? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Listen, if you take notes, if you underline in your Bible, underline that word right there. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Verse 18, but, whoo, but when you are directed by the spirit, You're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When we follow the desires of our sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, Qu- quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and everything else you can imagine, all the other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, you listening? It's so good. But, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. But before we jump in today, I want to spend a little bit of time really laying the groundwork for this passage of scripture and really this entire series. I want you to know that this week right here is probably the most important week of The rest of this series, because there's a lot of the backstory that I want to give you here today. That that Greek word for fruit is kairopos, and it's used 66 times in the New Testament. Now, here's the crazy thing about this that I learned this week. Did you know that Jesus used this word, this phrase, fruits, 66 times? He used it more than everybody else combined together. Hey, listen to me today. It was one of his favorite words. But here's what's so interesting about this text in Galatians. It's used in the singular. Even though Paul lists nine character traits that show the fruit of the Spirit, he also says that the fruit is singular and not plural. So this passage very well could read like this, but the single fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. This means that all these characteristics that are listed here, listen, it's one group it's really just one thing. Now, here's what I need you to do. I need you to hang on to that thought because it's going to come back here in just a moment. The other thing that I need you to know about this passage of scripture is all nine of these characteristics can only can only be produced by the spirit of God. Hey church family, I want you to hear my words here this morning. These nine, this is not something that you can make happen by yourself. This isn't something that you can produce On your own. It can only be produced by the Spirit of God. When we see that fruit, the word fruit, know this. Paul was extremely intentional about his word choice here. Why is it? Because fruit is something a tree naturally produces. A tree doesn't have to muster up strength to produce fruit. Hey, listen, it just produces. So here's the picture that's being painted for you and I here today. And I want you to hear me. This is what's supposed to be happening in your life. This is what's supposed to be happening in your life. This is what's supposed to be happening in your life. You're supposed to be walking with Jesus, not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And then as you are growing in your relationship with him, when you are thriving in your relationship with him, when he is starting to speak to you and give you direction, when you are doing this, this fruit, these nine things are going to be the byproduct of that relationship. Are you listening to me today? Let me say it like this. If Christ is the center of your life, then fruit happens. Now, there's another bumper sticker that says something completely different. But I want you to know, and you've seen it if you're laughing, I want you to know that if you have placed your faith and trust in Christ, if you're abiding in him, and that relationship is going, listen to me, fruit happens automatically Still so producing it on your own. This is what, please don't miss me, miss this because you'll be frustrated your entire life with this. Fruit is not something you try and produce to become a Christian. Let me say it again fruit is not something you try in your own strength and power to produce to become a Christian. Fruit is something you produce because you are a Christian. For many of you, you you might not know this, but when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you come to faith in him, all nine of these things were planted inside of you. All nine of them were. And as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, all these characteristics of Christ are gonna begin to grow and they're gonna be be, be manifested in your life. But here's the part I I just wanna warn you with just for a moment that I think we need to understand. That just like trees um, that produce fruit, They take a little bit of time to grow and mature and produce. The fruit of the Spirit in your life isn't just going to manifest itself overnight. You hear me? It takes time for these things to grow. All nine of these things are going to take some time. Some of them are going to come quicker because of who you are, how passionate you are. Some of us are going to spend our entire lives hoping and waiting and trying to do our best to watch this fruit grow. Some takes time, some comes quick, some takes forever. But the key to all of it is as you start to give the Holy Spirit more control over your life, as you start to give the Holy Spirit more control over your life, he's going to start doing things in you and through you. And what happens is he's going to start shaping you and molding your life and growing you into the person of Jesus Christ, into his image. If you have your Bibles, look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, oh, listen, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The goal, I don't know if anybody's ever given you a goal for Christianity, for what you believe. The goal for every believer here today is for you to look and act like Jesus. That's it. That's our goal in life. For us to look like Jesus and act like Jesus. And that's why the work of the Holy Spirit is so important. He is constantly at work in your life. He is trying to to move all these sinful natures and these desires and these bad habits. He's trying to remove them and he's trying to come to the place where we can grow good, godly fruit instead. You with me this morning? Can I bring a little more clarity to what I just said? Again, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, you have... All of them, all nine of these things, you have them. But here's the struggle with many of us here today. We think this is like a buffet at Golden Corral, do we not? Man, man we look at this nine and we just want like, oh, I want that one, I want that one. That one, that patience thing, Lord, no, I don't want that one. Maybe just a pinch of self-control, and I'll be happy. Man, that's how we look at this. This is how we we. We chase it. Like, it's it's an if or that thing. If I want it, I can get it. But, man, I just want you to know that all of these things, all nine of these, is what the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life. You can't just come and say, listen to me, and if you get mad at me, I'm sorry. But you can't just come and say, well, Billy, you don't know how I was raised. I was raised in a rough home. I had a rough dad. And because of that, I'm a rough person. Hey, I agree with every one of those statements. Man, but don't you miss this. The Holy Spirit's role is to be able to grow you into becoming a gentle person. You hear me? That's his role. That's his work. I had a conversation with somebody this week. We were talking about this very thing. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. Man, man I'm just, just just, a rude person. I'm just, just everything that's happened, I'm just, just mean. And I'm like, no, you're a jerk. That, that, that's what it boils down to. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, then he wants to make you less of a jerk for the, saint, for the, for the health of everybody else. Like, that's what he wants to do. He wants to bring you along in this. I, I hear it from everybody. Oh, Billy, wait, wait, wait. That's just the way he is. Or that's just the way that she is. Hey, hear my words. If you're a follower of Christ Jesus, then you shouldn't want to stay that way. So here's my prayer for us throughout this entire story, this series. This is just the opening introduction and remarks, people. Here's my prayer for us today. Here's what I believe is going to happen. As we begin to look through, through, through these characteristics and we begin to examine our lives compared to what scripture says, more than likely, you're probably going to come across a couple of these characteristics, some of this fruit that, um, that's not fully de- de- developed. It, it, it's, it's not all the way there. It still has a pretty good ways to go. I think for some of you, you might be kind and good, but you need to work on your patience. You might have great joy and peace, but self-control is lacking, or maybe gentleness is lacking. Hey, listen to me, none of us here are perfect. There are always ways that we can improve upon, especially when it comes to this. But hear me today, if you call yourself a believer in Christ Jesus, then you, as a child of God, have the spirit of God living in you to help you grow and mature in these nine areas. So can I help put it all together for you here today? When you entered into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, at that moment, you receive the Holy Spirit. And when you received the Holy Spirit, you were also given the fruit of the Spirit. These nine characteristics were given to all believers here today. And as you begin to abide in Christ, as you begin to remain in Christ, you'll start to become more Christ-like. And then these traits, these fruit, over time will begin to grow, and they'll start to produce the fruit, listen to me, the way that they're supposed to. So here's my thing, I want to give you two remarks, two thoughts for you to hang on today really throughout this entire series. I want you to know this, the first one is this, healthy fruit comes from deep roots, Healthy fruit comes from a deep root. This is the time of the year that everything is in full bloom. Man, we walk through our neighborhood all the time, and we're always looking at all the bushes. I don't know what they're called. They're pink. They're white. They're yellow. And we admire them. When you're driving down the road, you see the dogwoods that are blooming. And, and, and most of us, we typically pay attention to what's above the ground, do we not? But the most important part of a plant is what's underneath. It's the root system. Now, now listen, I've studied plants all this week, and I've just become mesmerized by plants. Listen to what one representative from the Colorado State University said. He said this, because they are out of sight, roots are often out of mind. They're widely overlooked as to their significance in plant health, and yet 80% of all plant disorders come from root problems. J- Jesus talked a lot about roots in the Gospels, did he not? Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. This is the parable of the sower and the seed. He, he said this, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as, as he sowed, some seeds fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Uh, other seeds fell on the rocky, rocky ground, where they not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they were withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and they produced again, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. A little bit later, Jesus comes and he explains this parable in verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for the what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, verse 21, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation, problems, when life happens, persecution happens, arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Hey, hear me this morning, healthy fruit comes from deep roots. I think one of the saddest realities I've noticed as a pastor is I visit and talk with many Christians week in and week out. uh, Doctrinally, man, they are sound as all sound can get. Man, they understand what salvation is. They know it's through faith alone and Christ alone, through grace alone. They believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Man, they can tell me all these things. And so because of that, Man, they have placed their faith and trust in Christ. And listen to me today. Man, their eternity is secure. I want you to hear that. But when it comes to experiencing God, when it comes to, 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 to just a relationship with him, you look at their life and there are no deep roots anywhere. Everything, when it comes to faith, is surface level. So here's what happens as we come to this this series of the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The truth is many people are lacking in those areas. Man, you have fantastic Bible knowledge. You you come to church, you never miss a Sunday. You're tithing 10% of your income. You're you're pretty obedient. You don't have any grotesque sins in your life. Man, Man, all in all, you're a really, really good person. But when it comes to the things that really matter, that truly matter, what you find is a lack. I believe the average Christian could best be described as a travel agent. Someone who who talks about places they've never been and they dream about places they have never seen. Man, we Christians, we talk a real big game when it comes to a lot of stuff. But when it comes to truly knowing and experiencing God the way that he wants for you, it's lack. Again, let me just say this. There's more on the menu of Jesus Christ. He wants to give you more. There's more he offers. But I think when it comes to these things... And our relationship with him and our experience with him, it's always lack. Matter of fact, I think for some of you, when it comes to these descriptive words like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the truth is these aren't words that maybe some people would use to describe you, is it? It's not the words that your coworkers would describe you. It's not even the words your family members would describe you, is it? This resonating with anybody here today? Hey, we, 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 we go to church, but that's really the sum total of your Christianity. And if that's you, I just want to challenge you here this morning, again, that there's more on the menu of Jesus Christ. There's more he has to offer, that there's more that he wants to do in you and through you. So, so can I share with you where it all begins? It's really the first fruit that's mentioned in Galatians chapter five, verse 22, It's the word love. Now, here's what I want you to know for the rest of this series. We're coming back to this one word over and over and over again. But I just feel the need that we need to talk about this word love one more time. Galatians 5.22, it starts off this way. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's love. It's love. I want you to know this. In order to love, would you agree with me here today, you must first be loved. For you to be loved, you first must be loved. In order for this fruit to be produced in your life, you first have to be loved. I think a lot about parenting. Um, I, I'm a parent. I've been a single dad all weekend long. Uh, Marley's been living it up in Waxahachie. Hey, my kids are alive. That's the only thing I'm saying. That's my only. And she came. I'm like, they're yours. They're alive. That was the goal here. Um, I, I think a lot about parenting. Many of you are parents here. Many of you are grandparents here. Uh, if, if you're not a parent, one of the things you can all resonate with is at one time we were all a kid. And one of the things parents do is we want to love our children, do we not? I, I hope that's our our case. We want to love our children. And why do we want to love them? Because when we want them to, when they grow up, when they mature, we want them to give what they felt. We want them to grow up to be loving, nurturing, caring individuals. That's what we want. And this happens is we we give love so they can experience love. So that's why we come in and we dote on our kids. We love on our kids. We discipline our kids. It's because we love them. And we do that because for them to to give love, they first need to have love. Even kids who didn't grow up in a loving home. We've heard stories of these people all of our life. Kids who didn't grow up in a loving home, mom and dad. Here's what happens. If they turn out to be loving, it's because some. Somebody came and began to pour into them. It might have been a coach. It might have been a teacher. It might have been a friend, a coworker. Somebody came and demonstrated love in their life. So because they felt love, now that they can give love. The reality is, if you've turned out to be loving at all, more than likely, it's because somebody modeled for you what it looks like. Someone demonstrated it for you. Let me me say this, in order to love, you first have to be loved. Now here's the reason this principle is so important for us. When it comes to God, when it comes to our relationship with him, it works in the exact same way. God says that in order for you and I to have the fruit of the spirit of love, it's only going to come when we experience being loved. There's no way around this. I just want you to understand that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. I want you to see this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says this, in this is love. Not that we, you and I, have loved God, but that he loved us. You remember that there was a time in your life where you didn't love God, but during that time, he constantly loved you. Do you remember that? It's important that you remember that. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us first, then here it comes, then we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, then God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Did, again, did you notice how it starts? It starts with God loving us, and then as we truly experience God's love for for us, and it's manifested in its life, you know what's going to happen? It's going to motivate you to love other people. Kirk Thompson, in his book, The Anatomy of the Soul, he said it best. Listen to this. Your relationship with God is a direct reflection. Your relationship with God is a direct reflection of the depth of your relationship with others. All nine of these characteristics that we've been looking at, they're broken down into three categories. Love, joy, and peace, they relate to God. It's an upward thing. Patience, kindness, goodness, hey, they relate to other people. Hey, listen, it's an outward thing. And then faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they relate to us. It's an inward thing. So so even though they're all different, all different categories, all nine of these begin with an upward relationship, but they have a lasting impact on the outward. Listen, the upward, your relationship with him impacts the outwards. In other words, if you find yourself from a day-to-day basis having problems loving other people, you can't stand other people, you hate other people, listen to me you probably need to go back to your relationship with God. Because if you have a loving relationship with your Father in heaven, if you have a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, then it is going to be evident in every other relationship that you have. You hear me? If there's a struggle with outwards, it's probably a struggle upward. If that relationship is broken, then all of these other relationships are going to be broken. In the book, Ragamuffin Gospel, I love what the author said. He said this, and I want you to look at the screen with me. If Jesus appears at your dining room table tonight with knowledge of everything you are and are not, total comprehension of your life, every story, every skeleton in your closet if he laid out the real state of your present discipleship with all the hidden agendas that you have, the mixed motives and the dark desires buried deep in your psyche. Hey, let me just pause before we put this next part up. Anybody getting a little bit nervous right now? Anybody feeling a little bit uncomfortable? Hey, hey, tonight, Jesus comes and he sits at your dining room table and he knows every dark desire, everything about your life. Listen to this. You would feel his acceptance and forgiveness. It's not what we were expecting, was it not? Man, we thought he's coming out with the whips and he'll start beating us back into submission. Hey, listen to me. It's not what we expected, but man, it's oh so good. But can I share with you how Manning, the author here, I love what he does with this passage? Listen to how he closes it out. For experiencing God's love in Jesus Christ. Means experience, experiencing that one has been unreservedly accepted, infinitely loved. That one can and should one can and should accept oneself and one's neighbor. Salvation is joy in God, which expresses itself in joy in and with one's neighbor. If you will allow me just a moment to remind you of just one thing, when Jesus was asked, "Jesus, what's the greatest commandment?" Do you remember what he said? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend uh, depend all the law of the prophets. They asked him, what is the singular most important commandment, Jesus? What is it? And it's almost as if Jesus believes that he can't mention the first one without the second one. We have to love God. I want you to know that this is a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday decision. You have to love God. But it doesn't just stop right there because when you love God, it's going to cause you to love other people. It's love God and love others. And it's to love your neighbor, those other people, as you love yourself. To, To love those people who voted differently than you. To love them just as much as you love yourself. To love your neighbor who who acts different than you, spends their money different than you, they look different than you, they talk different than you. It's to love them just as much as you love yourself. Love God, yes, but if you love God and not your neighbor, you are abandoning the top commandment of loving God and loving others. And I think many of us here, man, you are excellent at that first one. It's easy for you to love God as long as it boils down to coming to church on Sunday. But loving others, man, that's a struggle that we all have. Hey, when he talks about in Galatians that there's this fruit, it's the fruit of love. Hey, it's an upward thing. Man, but it's also a horizontal thing. Your love for him is gonna be manifested in the way you love other people. So can I ask you this morning, how well are you loving other people? I've come to realize that I think that, that, that us Baptists, we like to have this little checklist thing, and we like to go through this list, and hey, I got love, I got like joy, I got peace, and we try to do all these different things. But again, I just want to remind you if I can, this isn't something that you produce on your own. And I think that's the problem in the church today. We try to manufacture love for other people. We do it a lot of different ways, but it's not real. It's not organic. I worked at the highway department. Um, it was during summertime, and um, heat was hot, and everything else. And working on the road with hot mix, and um, I'd always have a whole bunch of Gatorades packed in my cooler when I went to for lunchtime. I'd drink throughout the day, and um, it was also hummingbird season. I, I don't know if you are familiar with hummingbird season, but There's a time a lot of people, i.e. my dad, gets real excited about hummingbirds. And he he goes and he mixes up these big bottles of hummingbird juice and feeder and everything else. And and again, I want you to know that I drink Gatorade as the fruit punch, which is the color red. I'm trying to set this story up so I can get a little laugh out of you. So one Tuesday or Wednesday, man, I'm getting ready to pack my lunch and fill my lunch. And I reach in and I grab a a red Gatorade bottle. I put in my cooler. It's hot. Man, it is hot. And the only thing I'm thinking about is that first sip of that red Gatorade. Man, I got it out of the cooler. Gatorade fruit punch red. I opened it. I should have listened for the crack at the top. I didn't. You know how well that first swig hit me? I took a big gulp. It went down. And then that's when I realized it was not Gatorade. Gatorade. It looked on the outside like Gatorade. But on the inside, it was completely different. Man, does that not describe us today? On the outside, love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, Jesus, we love you. But deep down on the inside, man, it ain't there. What happens is when life happens and you get pressed and squeezed and life happens, what's on the inside always comes out self-control gentleness goodness i think a lot of us men if i can talk with you a lot of us we like to pretend that we have these but when trials and persecutions and troubles happen what's on the inside always comes out you can manufacture it all you want to can i give you something just a little bit better I think it's really the answer that I think we need to hear. I'm going to ask Margaret to come on up as we close out here today. I've been reading all week long. Like, man, how, how, do, how does this work? How, and I hope you're asking this question as you read through these scriptures, how can, how can I love God more? How can I have a love of God for, for, for others and I just want you to know that the, the, the passage of scripture that I'm fixing to give you in this quote, listen to me, it might be the single greatest piece of advice that I have ever given from the pulpit. It's simple, but man, if we can grab it, this church will never be the same. So if you're here this morning and man, you 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 truly want to live different. and I want to act different. I want to be different. I don't want to, Keep on going through this same life. If if you want to exemplify the fruit of the spirit of of love, joy, I want peace. I want patience. I want kindness. I want want goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. If you want these things in your life, if you want to grow and mature, listen to me, if you're wanting to give more into the Spirit and less into the flesh, if you're wanting to not give into temptation and fall into sin over and over again, if you're wanting to walk the path of righteousness, like, Billy, that's what I want in my life. Write this down. Walking in the Spirit is the only way. Walking in the Spirit its the only way. Walking in the Spirit is the only way for these fruits to be produced. You can't do them on your own. Walking in the Spirit is the only way for for us to avoid the the lust of the flesh. Listen to me, it's walking in the Spirit. I want you to see what Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. L-l- listen to what another translation says. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And here it is, been tucked away all these years in Galatians five sixteen. And I can't say that this is true about you, But I know it is for me because I've had this verse all flipped around and rearranged. I think many of us, we look at it like this. We think that we have to avoid sin for us to be filled with the Spirit. But Paul is telling us it's walking by the Spirit that comes first. Because without the Spirit, you'll never be able to say no to the lust of the flesh. The spirit has to come first. Can I share something with you as your pastor? I'm terrible at this. And I give into my flesh and led by my flesh. Man, when I read this this past week, it was just like free. Because there it is. And there it is. Walking by the spirit comes first. Because without the Spirit, you'll never be able to say no to the flesh. The Greek word for desire in that passage of Scripture means a desperate craving. It's when you feel like you need something to be alive. Blaise Pascal calls it the God-shaped vacuum in our heart. It's interesting, we always turn to the flesh to fill the voids and the vacuums of our life. Do we not? with money and pleasure and fame and relationships. But listen to me today, that void is too big. And the only way to escape these cravings is to be reunited with God and for us to start walking in the Spirit. And until we do this, all of our attempts to control the flesh will not work. For a season, they will. But it'll never last. Because our desires are too strong, here's what we need today. You and I, we need the Spirit's active presence in our life. You hear me? You and I, we need the active Spirit's presence in our life. So I need to ask you here this morning, where are you at today? And I know I, your pastor, man, I've I've done a terrible job of being led by the Spirit. I'm led by the flesh and my desires and my thoughts over and over. But I don't want to be that way. Have to choose to follow the Holy Spirit I gotta let him lead my life and for me to not continue to pull but walls so what is he saying to you today here's what I love about this if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ then he's here and more than likely he has been stirring in you already saying hey that's it that's what I've been trying to tell you forever hey listen I don't know what it is But would you be obedient if he's speaking? Say, yes, yes, I will. Lord, we're fixing to sing that song again. Yes, I will live different. Yes, I will choose you in the first part of my days. Father, yes, I will, whatever you are laying on here. Hey, can I just share this with you? I don't know where you're at today, but I do know that you can't have the Holy Spirit living in you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would just pose this question to you today. If your life has just been a series of bad mistakes over and over and over, just kind of continue walking down the direction, you don't have the Holy Spirit that's trying to lead you in a better way. You're not saved. Hey, but listen, if you want this life that we're talking about, if you want those characteristics thinking, man, I need this in my life so bad. Hey, listen to me, it starts with a, relationship with Jesus Christ. And that moment where you give your life to him, all of a sudden these nine things are put in seed form in your life. And as you begin to abide, like John 5 says, John 15, abide in me, dwell in me, these fruits are gonna start to grow. So here it is. What is God calling you to do today? From the very beginning, from the worship all the way to this moment, God has been speaking to you and he wants you to make a decision, a choice. Church family, can I ask, will you say you will? If you say that today, I promise you Saying yes to him will always lead you in a better path. You hear me? It's gonna get better if you follow him. He's with you. Can't you to stand with me?